0: All right, everybody, welcome to the Gospel of Two Wheels, where the coffee's hot, the bikes are fast, and your comments are absolutely ridiculous. We are joined by the one and only Cody Webb. Cody, I normally have people introduce themselves, but I'm pretty sure everybody knows who you are. Um, (laughs) So I have a whole bunch of questions that were pre-asked, but I have to start with one from our last week's guest. Who was uh, Lance Smith from XC Gear, and he wanted me to ask you about all the bullying that you were doing with the Papa Lance stickers.
1: That, I did not. I did not make the Papa Lance stickers. I don't know if you saw those. <laughs> he
0: uh, he Lance sent me. He sent he, me tons of pictures.
1: He's uh, he wasn't gifted when it came to height. <laughs> um, he, so someone made like Papa Smurf stickers, but it says Papa Lance with like an XC gear logo on them, and they were being put and tagged all around. The video. I didn't make the stickers. I may or may not have had one on my cast at one point for a couple of weeks. But
0: <laughs> I did hear Lance Lance said that there were numerous videos sent to him about midgets and things like that. <laughs>
1: I I sent like twice and this other I sent like two and this other person just sending more and more and <laughs> I I stopped because I felt like too much and I I'm not a big supporter of bullies so like it was just like fun like this is this has gone down too far
0: right it was it's Lance is like I, as you know he's one of the best dudes ever right and uh, <laughs> he was telling me the whole story and he said that like someone from Sherco, like called and told everybody they had to like call and apologize to him. And he was like, dude, you're making this awkward. Don't apologize.
1: I, I never got a phone call about that. So obviously it wasn't me that made him, but I heard, I heard rumors about the apologies that had to be made. (laughs)
0: Yeah, (laughs) it was, it was,
1: was a (laughs) a small, but apparently went too far.
0: Yeah. Well, lance didn't think it went too far he thought it was hilarious and he he sent me the the instagram page about xc gear papa lance and was it was hilarious so anyway i had to do that for lance lance i hope you see this (laughs) um so i have a pile of questions here guys who are watching live please feel free to ask questions i'll try to get to them uh, Cody is in his van um, coming back from riding, so if it's a little broken up, sorry. But uh, oh, I really appreciate fine. you being here.
1: This was, uh, I knew it was coming up, and I was like, eh, I gotta uh, "Yeah, I got to ride. They'll understand.
0: Absolutely, 100%. Um, so, first of all, uh, <clears throat> a lot of these are going to be, you may, have, may or may not have already answered, but what do you think about the Smart Carb? Um, I'm guessing you're running one on the Shirko two-strokes?
1: Yeah, I've been going back and forth. Um, I've had it on my practice bike now at home since uh, I started riding again after my wrist injury when I started riding. So I probably got back on the bike again in like since last July. So I've been running it. And just because in Colorado you can go anywhere from 5,000 feet to 11,000 feet, or I guess even higher, but I I, I try to avoid anything higher than that, so the bike doesn't run regardless right and it, it super helpful with that and they, they made some changes just because they've been putting a lot of effort forward with the factory one chirco team and i feel like i've kind of been one of the front runners testing it and there was a couple little issues in the beginning and that's just because the size of it the way it's machined it's a big piece and the way it was sitting on the Sherco, when we were revving it up or hitting something as hard, the bottom of the float bowl was actually, like, tapping against the case. I think it was only an issue on the Sherco. So they redesigned that float bowl. And then um, at that what race, the Billings race, there was that U.S. Hardenduro. That was, like, big, muddy hill climbs in Montana. Yeah. I forget the name of that race. I didn't race it. There They were having um, <clears throat> a little bit of issues with, like, the overbred and not being able to get enough fuel. And I think with input I was giving them, and then Brandon Petrie, um, one of like the satellite team, Sherco Riders, they basically created a new metering rod, which is kind of almost like a specified Enduro type metering rod. And um, that has really honestly been the biggest difference. Um, You know, they kind of made a little change with that float pole, but, I think just getting rider feedback and actually being at the races, um, you know, they're, they're putting a lot of effort forward into uh, making that product better and better. And I've been pretty happy with it on my bike.
0: Awesome. Uh, I'll uh, kind of along those same lines as far as people working with Factory One um, uh James Richards is a supporter of us and he is with Intech and they have the Moose Balls. And he said that you guys are running those. And I was wondering what you think about those things.
1: Yeah, we literally, I think, just got that deal done like yesterday. Um, I've been playing around with the uh, Mr. Wolf moose balls now for a while. Not Mr. Wolf's personal balls, just his <laughs> balls, you know.
0: The Mr. Wolf's moose's balls. Too easy.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, the thing I like about him is like a normal moose. Um, it kind of starts to die down and then you're, you're like, I remember I would just like take pieces of a front moose and wedge it in to the moose already had that was kind of getting shredded. And with the moose balls, you're getting um, quite a bit in the box more than you're ever going to need. And kind of as things that just break down naturally, the, you can add a ball in here and there and and get that kind of pressure and fuel back up. So it's really good to kind of customize the feel you want in the rear tire. Obviously in the front you don't want to go too soft, but in the rear you don't, you know, you don't want to be too soft either, but you can kind of find that nice middle ground for traction. So I've been pretty happy with just kind of fine tuning it and, you know, ride it for a couple of weeks and, you know, they kind of shrink up or shrink and uh, the rubber kind of dies down a little bit, so you just put another ball in or two and it uh livens it right back up again and the feel of the rubber is moose itself it's a really kind of i don't know it's it's not it doesn't rebound back super quick it kind of like will take a hit and kind of absorb that energy and uh i've been running it now not for a super long time but from where i was riding and you know we changed tires as well running dunlops is also now so kind <clears> of <throat> but uh the last week and a half uh i've really enjoyed the feel in the in the back of the bike
0: awesome right on yeah i'm psyched uh we've been i've been running them you know in in my world it's a lot of it's more about longevity because guys just don't have the money to buy mooses constantly and uh they seem to be holding up really well and i just like i said like i like the idea of being able to chuck another one in there uh to make it work again for another tire so it's been pretty sweet um uh Jimmy nyhart who's already in here wants to know US or Euro Endurocross, which one is your favorite?
1: Uh I mean US Endurocross is just so easy because it's at home. I can just like fly to it. Like logistically it's so much easier, but the tracks in Europe and like the atmosphere of the racing is so much better there. Um you know, enduro cross of old when it kind of first started was awesome and a spectacle. And I don't know what it's become. And I think they're trying to get more amateurs, but you know, the it's too specialized now. Like the top guys are too good, and you can't get a crossover guy to come over and barely qualify for a main event. So, yeah, with super enduro, it's gnarly. Like the tracks are gnarly; they're inconsistent. It's always a different builder and. They're just way more technical, and it's a whole show. Like, you, like if you watch the race, I've, I've never watched any of the Super Indo races, like, live or whatever on their platform they have, but, like, opening ceremonies is insane. Um, the the racing, you know, the racing is just as good. I mean, there's kind of same level top tough guys there and here, but um, the track and racing atmosphere, I think, is better in Europe.
0: Yeah, and right. I... <clears throat> i i went to the uh, denver Enduro cross and it was super fun we had a blast but i mean there's just not that many people in the stands and it's like i don't know what we need to do here in the us to get more folks there cause that that helps you guys right i mean you get more fired up when there's you know the stands are full you can hear screaming.
1: Yeah, screaming. the fans are uh, this, if the crowds are full the promoters are making more money they're funneling that down to us as well so you know it's not quite it used to be but i'm happy it's it's still around and and we just need some sort of bump to kind of bring us back to where we were again for sure
0: uh i got a couple questions here real fast um <clears throat> i'm not going to ask you about oil that's not happening whoever asked that <laughs> we're not not going to ask cody about oil <laughs> Uh, Matt and dress says to say hi, by the way. Um, let's see, hold on. All right. So what Dunlop will you be using for hardened or races on the rear tire?
1: Um, I think, I don't know if they have it available now, but it's a, it's a one hundred and forty tire, So it's (laughs) kind of like what we're running. Um, it's the EN 91, it is a directional 140 gummy tire. And I, I mean, I've only been using it at Super Enduro. So the first time I really ever used it was at the first Rally Super Enduro in Poland. And I was actually really happy with it. And Cooper and Abbott and I both got in the top five there. And I mean, Alf- Alfredo Gomez is a, a trials guy. And Cooper and I, like, he was like holding us up in the rocks. So on a two stroke. So I feel like the tire is working really well, and I'm pretty sure it's available or should be soon Um, because I think they're going – I don't know for sure, but I don't know if the AT81EX is still going to be a thing or not because Dunlop kind of likes to revamp every couple of years. So the EN91, I believe, is their next rendition of the gummy tire. Right on.
0: Um, yeah, so it's Beta Matt is how he knows you, uh, riding out at Rocky Mountain Way, says to say hi. Um, let's see.
1: He, he uh, traded though. He still has. He I know. he went to the dark. He went to the dark side, but he still kept a Beta sticker on his bike, so that he can still. That's.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's I, for years. I no joke. I. I left YZ250, I rode YZ250s forever, and I still love them deeply. My kid rides one and whatever. But forever, my KTMs, I made them red and white, like the Canadian uh, Yamahas. And I, put, yeah, I even put tuning forks on them. I was like, dude, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not playing that game. But now I'm unabashed. I got a, an orange KTM and whatever. Um, uh, so what sparked your passion early in life for riding?
1: I mean, I, get, I just grew up going to trials events with my family. My dad competed in trials pretty well nationally. So I, you know, all there was was like a VHS tape. And I had like the two same world championship VHS tapes that I would watch like all the time. I could, like I could like know what's coming up next. Still and I haven't even watched one of those things in like forever. <laughs> so I just grew up watching two VHS tapes and going on trials events with my dad and just kind of forced myself to be on a bike because I was there and made it happen. Awesome.
0: And you grew up in, I, I think, I, I mean, I know, you grew up in Northern California, right? Yeah. Where in Northern California? Because I find that funny. People call, like, anything north of Los Angeles Northern California these <laughs> days. Yeah. <laughs>
1: north of santa barbara is pretty much like norcal but there's central coast that's like paso robles um i grew up in like santa cruz between santa cruz california and monterey so i grew up in ag land and a surfing town but i didn't surf so uh we had three acres and my dad used to work for a construction company so on the weekends we would grab rocks from the local quarry and dump them in our backyard so that's why i grew up just doing trials in the backyard and um, part of a motorcycle club called the Ridge Runners up in the Santa Cruz Mountains. So I'd go there every single weekend with my dad and a couple other people riding nice. trials. Awesome. Uh, Kim is
0: asking, <clears throat> she said uh, a number of years ago, you talked about using engineering knowledge to working with Bell Helmets. Did that ever like come through to fruition or anything like that?
1: Yeah, I worked at Bell for like a year or so as an intern, and basically the first two weeks were awesome. I was breaking helmets, collecting data, testing film, and then after that I did just CAD work every day, and I was like, hmm, this isn't my favorite thing sitting in front of a computer eight hours a day. Uh, So it was cool, though, I mean, I got to do some really cool stuff, and the their newest helmet that they just came out with the moto 10 i was the first guy to ride with it and test it and then uh pretty much all my buddies there that because i rode with them forever they all left and i kind of got shafted and i was like i'm out so i i'm i'm wearing a ride now because uh i don't do backflips or whips and i guess they don't think i i think i'm
0: (laughs) yeah, I mean, I absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, maybe throw a backflip into the, the you know quiver for the next round.
1: I guess I had to move to SoCal if I want to be accepted, and but it is what it is. <laughs> yeah, fair
0: enough. Uh, this one's, I think, probably a whole bunch of people are going to want this. So, it, <laughs> another one from Jimmy Nyhart. There's a funny part before, but I'll leave that out. Uh, um, one thing, if you were Paying for everything racing out of your own pocket, what is one thing you wouldn't race without on your bike? Like one add on piece that you would, I mean, if you had to buy it?
1: Uh, it's too, it'd be a gummy tire. It's yeah. too, that's too, question. Like the second thing I would put on.
0: Like, <clears throat> yeah, Nick, yeah, because that's uh, whatever.
1: That's whatever. It's an obvious, obvious. Um, I mean, Probably a skid plate or a fan. But yeah. if you buy a bike comes with both of those, so uh market handlebars that are more appropriate for me.
0: Right on. And someone asked earlier, do you are you in love with the Shurikos as much or more than the KTMs that you've rode and then I'm sure you've ridden everything else out there too. Uh
1: I, the I'm really happy with the motor and the performance on the Shirko. The one thing I do miss about the orange side was times it was nice. Everyone hates on PDS, but being a hard and guy, it was so nice to not have to grease your linkage. And, yeah. and like now I smashed my linkage sometimes. And to me, I, I don't know. I guess linkage is obviously better with, across the board, but for what I'm doing, I don't know how necessary it is. So not having to grease linkage, was kind of nice for a while
0: yeah i my older bike is a pds and i love it because of that like it's just simple and i could change shock bearings in about 30 minutes
1: and pull the shock out and like do testing with the shock with like no problem at all
0: yeah you don't have to take the pipe off yeah it's now like,
1: yeah well i mean i'll take the pipe off. and i was like take the pipe off Undo this one subframe bolt, kind of wiggle, 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 and then all of a sudden the shock pops out, and you're like, Oh, I got lucky that time. <laughs>
0: uh, so, oh, this is a good one. Oh, actually, first, do you plan on returning to Tough Like Roar? Uh, yes,
1: yeah, awesome. That race, that race is gnarly, yeah. Uh,
0: and then if you weren't doing this job, racing motorcycles for a profession, what would your next dream be? thing be like what would you do
1: i don't know i i try not because that means i got to figure out what the heck i'm gonna do next potentially Yeah, Uh,
0: at some point you're gonna have to figure that out if
1: i wasn't racing dirt bikes i feel like i'd be racing like um enduro mountain bikes or something like that um but yeah i don't know
0: if you weren't a professional athlete let's put it that way like if you weren't an athlete I know. Well, I mean, we're all getting older, Cody. Like, at oh. some point, you're gonna have to think about it.
1: Some, some sort of some sort of R and D role I would like to do. So, like, I can do the CAD work when I need to, but I'd rather be like out in the field and, you know, not redesigning the wheel, but making improvements on things.
0: Right on. That, which obviously is what this whole industry. Badly needs all the time to sell bikes. Even if it's even if it's good, (laughs) they need to sell motorcycles. They got to change stuff. And even if
1: it's perfect, they don't. They need to make a new one anyway, so people buy it. Exactly. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Uh, See, what have you done, if anything, to make adjustments for your height? Um, I know you don't run crazy tall bars.
1: Yeah, I run uh, lower and further back pegs. And I run like a, maybe a little bit taller bars, but not crazy high bars by any means. So that's kind of about it. I'm honestly thinking about testing out a higher seat because the Sherco's a lower seat height than KTM's. And I was just talking to my mechanic about this last week about just testing out a higher seat. Because for me, it's, it's a lot of effort to like go from sitting to standing in a quick amount of time so you know i might try a taller seat here pretty soon right on
0: uh let's see hang on <clears throat> make sure we're through all of that oh first of all um are you going to be in hawaii for the hard enduro
1: i won't be this year i did it last year and it kind of killed me physically because i was like in europe went to hawaii got home and went to europe again and it's the same thing this year, and I did it to myself last year, and I'm not willing to do that to myself again.
0: <laughs> fair enough. We're I'm also, super lucky.
1: My wrist the week after, so I think I was just, I was probably drained and made a mental lapse, you know?
0: Yeah, fair enough. We're going, I know you know Adam uh, Mishta from Adam yeah. Does Dirt Bikes, and we're building, actually that's his bike back there, we're building for him to take over to Hawaii, so we're going to go and, pit for him and have fun so
1: the place is really cool it's kind of like a motocross track up on a hill and they got a bunch of trails and some pretty like you drop in you're like riding you also you pop out of the jungle and kind of go down this downhill and like crazy views out at the ocean it's sweet nice. it was like, okay. you almost kind of wanted to stop and smell the roses sometimes out there nice
0: uh this is probably a question you don't get <clears throat> what is your favorite dunlop desert tire <laughs>
1: Uh, I don't even know what kind of desert tire they have because I don't ride in it. The-
0: <laughs> right. That's what I, that's from a, a friend of ours who's from Paso Robles actually.
1: <clears throat> 39 a desert tire, I think maybe, I don't know. Yeah.
0: I'm not sure. I don't know. I don't, I don't even know. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I've run plenty of Dunlops, but I don't, yeah, I've never run one out in the thing. Uh, Kim, what's are you going to be at TKL?
1: Yes. Right of on. Of course.
0: I figured. Um, and is that, is that, is TKO, is it part of the US Hardenduro? Or is it?
1: Uh, I don't know. It's own weird deal. I think it's its own thing. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah. kind of what I remember hearing. Because the series ends in like June this year. So it's its own thing. Gotcha. Uh,
0: and, oh, actually, is one of <laughs> your favorite benefits working for Shirko the fact that you also get trials bikes?
1: It is pretty sweet that I get to have trials bikes, but now uh, everyone gets a gas gas pretty much. I think they ride a KTM, but it is a nice perk because I had to buy. That was probably the last motorcycle I bought was my. I had a trials bike when I was riding a KTM, but now I just. They're like, oh, when uh, we got the new ones coming, so you try and sell the one. Yeah, uh, so if anyone wants to buy a trials bike, <laughs> as the new ones are coming. To get a new one <laughs> nice um I'm are, this opportunity to try and sell my current one <laughs> i only are, crashed once it's it's not too bad
0: never slid to a stop adult no,
1: owned. i i fell over and yeah it's it's pretty decent shape
0: nice i'm sure it's fine <laughs> <laughs> uh so being oh, here we go Roddy Nelson. being a professional dirt biker do you have a strict diet that you have to stick to Um, yeah. What do you pay super close attention
1: to that? Yeah. I mean, I relatively pay close. I'm not just going and eating ridiculous stuff, but sometimes it's, uh, you're in Europe and you're traveling and you don't know where you're going to go. And I have a toddler. So I'm like, you're getting a happy meal. We're going to McDonald's. So, uh, it's not like I'm going there all the time though at all by any means. And I, um, I go to the gym just depends two or three times a week when i'm home with like a a trainer type guy and ride a couple times a week just depending on the schedule and try and eat pretty healthy mostly kind of proteins and some carbs but i don't do crazy amounts of pasta or anything like that
0: uh you racing king of the Meadows this year
1: yeah yep i leave next wednesday Nice. Yeah,
0: I know it's coming super soon. Have you ever yeah. this is a, it, so King of the Motos happens right next to where the National Hare and Hound? I think it's the week after or something. Have you ever raced a Hare and Hound?
1: I have not cuz I'm scared of the start. <laughs>
0: That's a thing to be scared of.
1: <laughs> it's a lot, after, of, I don't know. You fine and have a nice time, but the start is a little too much for me.
0: Yeah that I think, I mean, obviously with your talent, you could probably just let everybody go and then ride and then catch everybody on the second loop.
1: And I'm not that, I mean, I, I don't, I won't catch the pro pros, but I'll catch other guys, but I'm still scared. And it's just a lot of dust. Oh yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'll tie this in. How do you like living in Colorado and how is it being a dad?
1: Colorado has been pretty awesome there's good and bad things Um, you guys are on the western slope I feel like you're a little more free over there oh yeah Uh, I'm a little probably a little less free but uh, I do really like it it's very people here are probably like more friendly and kind of more family oriented whereas like where I was at was kind of like San Jose Bay Area type and like everyone was like so goal driven and like trying to become the next millionaire and no one, it wasn't like his family oriented. I feel like as what um, Colorado has been so far. So that part's great. Um, I like snow, but not like if it just keeps pounding us over and over again, like that's that part sucks. Then I got to go South to ride to like that weird banana belt that doesn't get as much snow, you know? Yeah. Um, Luckily, that crazy Rodrigo guy, Rocky Mountain yeah. Lake, uh, he's got a sick piece of property, so and he's pretty welcoming with us going down there and, and play riding. He's all about it. So, but yeah, during the the winter, it's a little bit rougher here if you're a motorcycle rider. Yeah, and that then, it's it's crazy. I can't just go do whatever I want anymore on a whim. Like I to plan, but man, it's, it's amazing. And seeing like, I mean, he's just about to turn three now and he's like a full on mini person. Like, yeah, it's, you know, how fast they, they kind of yeah. grew up and it's, been. it's,
0: it's the, you know, obviously my kids are 16 and 13 now, so they're big. It's like, right. You know, riding wise, it's just like riding with friends, although they're getting faster than I am. Like especially the 16 year old in the open desert, he's a, nut job like I'm like dude (laughs) okay (laughs) but uh it's the coolest thing I've ever done I've done a lot of cool stuff and being a dad hands down is my favorite thing I've ever done so congratulations and it just gets better and better
1: I can tell you that it definitely changed my uh my outlook on things I'm not the uh soul I I can't be uh self-centered anymore you know what I mean yeah
0: uh, are you going to do all the hard endu- U.S. hard enduros? Obviously not the Hawaii one we just talked about that, but how many other ones?
1: I'm. I don't think I'm going to do quite all of them. All the points-paying round one, and then there's Lubbock, Texas. That's the Snake Bite, or I I don't remember the name of that one. I was going to drive to that one probably, but then I just got invited to maybe go to Dominican for another race again. So I gotta I gotta juggle and see what happens there, but. I'll probably be at most of them. Gotcha.
0: Uh, have you ever run uh, auto recluse other than like just to play around You ever tried one out?
1: Not since the last time I ran one was like fully raced with them and stuff. 20, 2012. Um, when I was on beta in 2012, I think it was 2012, maybe 2011. On their 350, I ran the Recluse Auto, and then I tested it again in 2015. I was on RPM KTM because I was going to ride a 350 in Enduro Cross. And I rode like one day out of Kyle Redmond's Enduro Cross track, and the guy from Recluse showed up, and I was like, I can't, I cannot ride this bike. So that's why I rode a two stroke again. So <laughs> I probably should just go back to two stroke full time all the time for the future, I think. be better for yeah. me. They're more, fun.
0: yeah. They're way more fun. Um, have you? This is a good one. Have you tried snow biking yet? Since you're living in Colorado.
1: Nope. Mostly because I haven't built a shop yet at my property, and I don't have anywhere to store one in my garage. So, I guess I can borrow someone's bike, snow bike, to go.
0: They're. I heard uh, it's pretty fun. They're pretty fun. I, I don't know. I had one for a season. And it, for me, it wasn't enough fun to justify the expense, like, and yeah. the work it takes to do. Because here in Montrose, we can ride all year, too. Like, I'm going to ride uh, this weekend and, you know, whatever. It's going to be awesome. So to ride a snow bike, you got to, like, go an hour and a half, you know, like, whatever. And it's, yeah. I don't know. It, it was a lot of fun, but it wasn't enough fun.
1: Most people say they go to like Steamboat, which is not fo- close for me either to go to. <laughs> it's a long so. way. <laughs> yeah, and I'm kind of in the the foothills, so I'd have to drive out of the foothills and then drive north, because I'm on I'm off like 285 on the way to Montrose, I guess. Like I'm not to Conifer, but I'm kind of up okay. In that are area. you? So yeah,
0: are you Bailey yet or no?
1: No, I'm closer to Denver than Bailey. Oh, gotcha. I oh. fly a little bit to justify that drive in the winter.
0: Yeah. Uh, and then here, Bruce is asking, does uh Sherco make you go to some events or like who des- determines your schedule?
1: I mean, it's pretty much like an agreed upon thing. I actually end up going to more than what I'm supposed to. If just something comes up or like I went to Chile last year or the Dominican race, like those are just kind of on me and I just get a bike from a Sherco dealer down there or the importer. So, But, I don't know, I kind of know my bread and butter by now, and so does Shurko, so they're like, oh, Super Enduro, let's go, Enduro Cross. So, it's pretty much agreed upon by both parties. Right on.
0: Uh, Rick Emerson, this is a good question, Uh, would you try for another ISDE
1: team spot? Uh, I mean, I think I probably won't go again until, like, the, the vet, class or senior um thing. I probably won't go again any time in the near future, but long ways out, I wouldn't mind going and doing a is it the vet club team? I forget it's, what it is. I
0: forget what they call it. It's the it's the one yeah. that uh, Jeff Fredette was in forever. <laughs> um yeah. I forget what the name yeah, but I uh, yeah. The old guy's I would go
1: Yeah, old guys class. 'Cause I'm not fast enough to be trophy team and then club team, I'd I'd get help from Turco France, but I'd have still have to do it kind of on my own dime and I can spend money and time for other things. Yeah, fair enough. Where, and it's a big it's a big effort, you know. Like I have a toddler and then you're gone for two weeks, so Yeah. I'll go yeah. one day. But not That's anytime sh- soon.
0: That's a huge, it's a huge effort. Yeah. I mean, it's a big thing. I'm friends with Fritz Cadlick, who has Gunnison Motorsports. Anyway, he was nine times, six days guy. And like talking to him about just the, I mean, the amount of work it takes to go is
1: oh, yeah. it's, crazy. Yeah, it's, people don't know. And then even like um, family members that go are like making sandwiches for riders at all the stops. And it's more than just on the rider. It's on, it's on everyone.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's nuts. Uh, let's see. Oh, so you said mentioned Chile. Where were you in Chile racing? I guess I didn't know about that one.
1: Uh It was called Red Bull Los, Los Andes, and I kind of went during EnduroCross this year, so I flew into Santiago, and it was somewhere in the Andes near some. San...
0: <laughs> Just up in the mountains.
1: Because it, it was like the end of their snow season, so like On my flight home, it was, like, a bunch of people from, like, Canada and the States, like, going from that winter season to fly back to North America for that winter season, and it was way up there. I mean, we're pretty high elevation, and, like, the mountains just kept going even higher from where we were, but it was very, very deserty. It reminded me a lot of um, Southern California-ish and and parts of Colorado, like the deserty parts, super rocky, dry.
0: Yeah, it's cool. I've been down there a bunch. I, I climbed Aconcagua three times, which is the biggest mountain down there. And you leave, so you basically, it's in between Santiago and Mendoza, Argentina. So it's like the, that pass, and then you go up. And the, yeah, they're big, really big mountains. <laughs> uh, let's see. Have you, oh, here we go. Um, have you considered racing um, any kind of rally stuff like Dakar or anything like that?
1: Man, I'd love to do Dakar, but I want to go just to get, like, 30th place. I think that would be a better experience because, like, I don't know how many riders every single year that are, like, going for the win crash out. So I'm, I'm going for, like, 30th place if I go. But I think that is really cool. But I feel like there's probably better rallies, more enjoyable maybe, um, maybe more green and, like, foresty. I think I would like that. Yeah. But, uh, just the Dakar has the name and, the I guess the prestigiousness to it, but I, I'd love to do it, but it scares me. I'd just, I'd go for the experience and learn something. Yeah, for sure.
0: Uh, where, uh, this is a good one. Oh, are you Cody? I think you accidentally muted yourself. There you go. Now you're back.
1: I had to reject a phone call. Oh, nice. Right on. No worries. Yeah.
0: Uh, so, where does Appalachian train rank in terms of difficulty? Like, so I guess, I, I, where's where's your favorite place to race? Is it deserty, rocky kind of stuff, or is it more that TKO, green, nasty?
1: I don't know. I kind of like all versions of it, but TKO and Appalachians are gnarly. Uh, when I went to Minas Riders in Brazil, I only did it once. I no only had like two years, but. The amount of terrain I covered in one day was crazy. Like, I feel like that was the coolest place I've been able to ride just cause the amount of stuff we covered. But I do like, it's nice to just ride everywhere and mix it up, you know?
0: Yeah, right on. Um, let's see, hold on. Okay, this is, <laughs> let's see. Uh, so this guy has a 22 250 SE. With 55 hours notice the transmission sometimes is a bit notchy and difficult to stay uh, to shift second to third um is that a thing or is it just his bike
1: um the i don't know the the first thing i do when i get the shirko is change out the stock oil because like it'll just it has like crazy clutch squall Squall? Yeah, squall. squall, That's a squall. <laughs> word. Um, so we run the we run the recluse manual because it's a billet hub, where, whereas stock is a cast. So you just get the recluse clutch hub as like way more openings and better oil flow. So I think the stock clutch just gets too hot, especially being that cast piece with not much holes to flush flow oil through it. So we're running that recluse manual. And uh, Motul 300V... 1040 and that pretty much cured all clutch issues i had in the beginning so give that a go but i mean the recluse is expensive um well, just say so yeah try the oil first and then call recluse and say you know cody webb and said cody webb sent me here and maybe they'll give you a deal We <laughs> <laughs> did that perfect. for one of my buddies i was like talking to a guy and i was helping him work on his bike and as a guy here in Colorado and I like called recluse asking for questions and saying he wanted to buy one and he got a discount because I, I was on the phone call with him and helped him out.
0: Yes, that's awesome. Uh, do you know the guys at Crosslink Components, the guys that make the swing arm guards? I do. They said that, well, they're just asking, how is your van coming along? It looks like your van life right now. <laughs>
1: Uh, it's still coming along. I got all my. Uh, you can't see because the lights, but it's insulated. I'm not fully van living, but it's it's still in the uh, the process. Nice.
0: Are You just doing that all yourself? Yeah. Hey, uh, you, uh...
1: Tell them I I heard that uh whatever that center. Gosh dang it, wherever they're at. It's not slack. The linear accelerated place. It's outside. Oh where they have carnegie i can't yeah. remember but they just they I guess they, in the lab they just did like nuclear fusion or fission and and harness the energy or something so i don't know if they're working on that but nice i'm proud of you guys
0: <laughs> nice that's great i didn't know they i'm still did. i'm they'd... still
1: mad that they left colorado but it's okay
0: yeah i know is it yeah i wouldn't
1: i they're, yeah, they're I, I can't Cal- imagine they're, going. they're from california
0: Yeah, but once you leave that state, I have a hard time understanding how you'd ever go back. Like, (laughs) I mean, to visit maybe, but
1: (laughs) that'd be about. Yeah. The weather's nice. They got weather.
0: They do have weather. The weather is brilliant. And so actually, do you know? They
1: also have. Actually, I could fit in there great there. I can just park my van on the side of the road and just move on in. Like, that's all you have to do now.
0: Right. And I think they'll actually pay you. I think, they, I think they give you money to live in your van. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's a bargain.
0: Yeah. Do you know? Um, so, do you know where uh, Buellton and Solvang are then?
1: Yes, yes. Because
0: okay. my, my friend Anna Cody, I'm sure you know who Quinn is, um, she's yeah. from that area. And I got to actually, it was super cool. I got to ride into their homestead where they grew up out in the middle of the Los Padres National Forest. One of the coolest parts of California I've ever been to, ever, and it was like, I don't know, it was a magical place. Like they own 160 it's acres in the middle. Super nice
1: there. In spring, like you go there in springtime, and like the grass is so green and rolling hills, and that place is pretty sweet. Yeah, it's a yeah, it's a super and oh,
0: LLNL laser fusion is what that place is called. The Crosslink guys. Oh.
1: Okay.
0: <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> uh oh, here here you go any four-wheel racing in the future you ever see yourself getting in a cage
1: yeah if someone funds it for me it's such expensive.
0: yeah no yeah i know someone give you a, a rally car that'd be pretty so, cool so no probably not right Shirko doesn't have any plans for four-wheel stuff
1: i don't think so i mean maybe if i get like a some sort of utv i feel like i have good line choices but i don't know if i have the balls yeah i I got lines
0: um how so actually do you speak i back to someone asked about trials bikes are you doing any competing at all in trials or are you just goofing off
1: I haven't ridden a trials event since 2015 my last pro national. So I went to KTM and they're like you can't ride trials events anymore. So I I went to the one here in Colorado last year. They went to have a national. My wrist was still messed up and then it snowed like a foot overnight and they had to cancel the event. So I was going to go and check. I was like I'm gonna, I was all pumped. I was so stoked to go, and then it got canceled. That sucks.
0: Uh, This is probably a guy who must have a Shirko. are you guys running your forks up higher in the fork clamps? If not, like, what's your – where do you run your forks? Yeah.
1: Mine's up higher. I don't know what line. Second line? I don't know. Something. Is that – Yeah, it's up. Because to
0: the whole linkage thing, do you do that to give the bike better steering? Run them a little higher up.
1: Yeah, in theory, so it turns tighter, and I had do tight turns.
0: Right on. Uh, the uh, Jimmy says that he knew a girl once that had a UTV, so you can get, you can get yourself a UTV. <laughs> so good. UTVs are sweet. i well here. Well. I'm sure you've experienced it here in Colorado, man. Like, I don't know. We don't like UTVs very much because they keep
1: oh, effing yeah. up. The, everything.
0: Yeah, they ruined the single track. And then they, one actually almost, I shouldn't say almost killed, did break her leg. A friend of mine's wife on her, like a oh, graded Jesus. gravel road. And she was on the far right. Like, and she's like a putt putt, slow, just like cruising, having, you know, whatever. And this dude came like sideways around and just. Just way later, it sucked <sighs> anyway. I don't like it. Um, <laughs>
1: everybody's.
0: yeah, any notable qualities of Shirko that gives you an advantage that you wouldn't have otherwise? So, so let's pick your top three things about Shirko's that you like the most.
1: I really like just the motor output, like the torque and bottom end, mostly just the bottom end. That's kind of like what really does it for me the most. Um, I feel like it does corner pretty dang well, but people got it on one, and they're like, oh, no, I can't. But I think it's just they haven't got used to it, and the stock bars are, like, super flat and weird. So I feel like if they got a little bit bars, a little bit better sweep, that would probably help. So let's see. Motor is definitely biggest part of it It how do you like the kyb
0: suspension because i know that's a huge thing in this world everybody's everybody talks about kyb all the time so what do you think
1: it's good i like when i whenever i go not not so much in europe but i remember i race in south america (laughs) i just run bone stock suspension and i've won some races and prologues and stuff down there on bone stock and Honestly, yeah. suspension people just complain. And if they just lost 30 pounds and were fit, like they didn't ride the bike. It's, yeah. it's not that hard. Yes,
0: yeah, thank you. <laughs> that is so okay, good. Here.
1: here's my here's my ramps. The Cody Webb RAM. Yeah. So, we had factory WP. I had I ran their air cone valves, and then we had like the track shock. But when KTM first went that the 2017 with the Makuni we they the chassis was different so they didn't have W suspension for me since I was kind of the only guy riding that bike at the time I think so I ran bone stock open chamber stock shock on a W in 2017 and I had my extreme trails at home and the fastest I ever rode that trail was on that stock suspension bike but the kicker is it, it definitely is better for that but all around if you want to go faster putting that other stuff it it handles it better but you know you it's a better all-around setting but for hardenduro i felt like stock was the best setup for that bike
0: nice um so bruce kennedy says many races start uh, training clinics at some point you've you've done some of that do you plan do you
1: ever want yeah. any, any more of that I've done schools here and there. It's set up for me. I just, I don't, I don't have time to set. I, I don't mind doing it. I kind of enjoy doing it. I get feel like people get something out of it, but it's hard. Um, you, know, you can make decent money, but like you put more people in the school because if you don't do that many of them, and then it's like so many people are there and I can't manage everyone. And I feel like people aren't getting their money's worth. So it's hard to feel like I do it right and feel like I get something out of it and um same with the people participating gotcha uh
0: and then we'll just and i know you're sitting in a parking lot next to an in and out so we, this will be the last question we'll let you yeah. get home to the kid i think you we ran over anyway
1: i'm, I'm six yeah we're, we're doing all right
0: um so uh this guy's asking but because you're tall uh what tips do you have for setting up a bike for enduro I, you already mentioned pegs lower and back um, what anything else other than just learn how to ride it?
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I run pegs lower and back and then um, With the handlebars most bikes now all have like different spots to set up the Clamps so I run mine actually in the forward clamp. So the Shirko has two holes on the clamp I don't know what the Austrian bikes have if they have three or two. I'm not sure um, so I run mine in the forward and then I run the XC gear clamp pop lamps yeah. and <laughs> yes. you can rotate those around. So there's like a forward and a back type setting with those. So I guess if you think about it, I run my, I don't know, I'm not going to send a throw a number out there, but there's like four positions I could be running. I run forward on my whole clamps and then i rotate the clamps to kind of be back closer to me and i pretty much run the bars i run a little bit of sweep on my bars a little bit taller than the stock shirko um and i kind of run the angle of the bars like that sweep angle kind of like matching the forks i'm kind of neutral or maybe a hair rolled back from neutral um for me sure it's more comfortable to be standing on a bike with tall bars and you're I just try to spit my leg and rip my van out. <laughs> <laughs> You Can hear you? Um, but uh, standing on long trail rides, it's nice to have the bars rolled forward. But to be aggressive, um, neutral or a little bit rolled back, it just you can actually kind of get over the front of the bike that way and carry speed. What, what do you ride
0: for? polymers in your xc gear because we just did this whole thing last week with lance talking about polymers what do you run
1: uh lance just sent me new ones to try because my wrist is still just jacked from last year um but i run the green which is like the stiffest like the green around the clamps yeah and then the shark bite i run is blue so the stiffest setup.
0: Gotcha. So are you going to run some softer ones? Is that what Lance sent you?
1: Yeah, I'm going to try out some some softer ones probably. Will it help? hope so. I don't know.
0: I So I've got jacked up wrists, not as jacked up as yours. Um, well, I don't know, maybe. I, <laughs> I've broken both scaphoid bones um, doing dumb things. And, <laughs> and uh, one of them never did heal. And I, yeah, I, I mean, obviously I'm not going as fast as you doing the same kind of stuff, but the Running softer polymers did make a huge difference. Like I noticed immediately because I had some super stiff ones in a 125 to race last year because fun, you know, whatever, wanted it to feel more laser like. And I noticed like towards the end of races, it was like, God, my freaking wrists hurt. And then I went to the soft ones and I was like, oh, that's better.
1: Yeah, in theory, the reason why I'm on the stiffest ones is there's still quite a bit of give. Like you push on both sides of the bars and push them back and forth. Like you can see him give. And, um, it definitely, obviously that's taken some of the bite out of hits, but the softer you go, I'm worried about like using, losing some of that energy when I pull up on the bars hard or, or something like that. So that's why I run the stiffer ones, but you know, you got to think about longevity and four hour races and preserving my stiffness and soreness at the end of the event.
0: (laughs) Yeah, fair enough. Well right on dude. So your next race is King of the Motos. King of the Motos. And then what's after that?
1: Uh Budapest Super Enduro. So I get home probably Monday and Wednesday I fly to Hungary. Nice. Hungary. That sounds awesome. And then I think it would be Hawaii. I don't know. Would that be Hawaii after
0: that? It's Hawaii's March eleventh, so I'm not sure.
1: No, I don't know. Something changed. I think one of the Super Enduro rounds got canceled. That's why I'm getting confused. But then I got to go to uh, Tel Aviv, Israel. I'm basically kind of figuring out, finishing out Super Enduro. And, and then I think it's Grinding Stone is the next U.S. Hard Enduro after that.
0: Right on, man. Well, thank you so much, Cody. I'll let you get home to the kid and the wife. I appreciate it very, very much everybody who's watching thank you guys so much and uh yeah man um i'm gonna hit the end button here cody stay on for just a second um okay. but any last words what do you like dad advice give us some dad
1: advice oh man i i think no one knows what they're doing they just kind of figured out as the whole thing goes on but i'm uh obviously i ride motorcycles a lot and pretty well and I want my kid to be interested. He rides a Strider, but like, he's got a little Stasic and I almost need help from other dads because I don't want to force him it, but he makes, he doesn't want to twist the gas. So it's like, he's afraid of it. He's not even crashed on it. He's like, you do it dad. And I'm like, I'm too tall to bend over and do the gas for you. Like, so I haven't really pushed him to ride his Stasic. I figured it'll come with time, but I would... I'm letting them run the program and I, guide and follow with best advice
0: that is the like as a guy who's got two kids who love to ride I, I watched lots of dads push really hard and pretty much every one of those kids doesn't ride anymore yeah. <laughs> at least not with their dad <laughs> and so <laughs> i let my, i let my kids just like when they said they wanted to ride we rode every time like if they <laughs> ever mentioned it I'm like Dop, drop everything and when they didn't want to ride like no big deal. And, uh, he's very, so,
1: I'll make mean, various bikes in the garage when we're done or he's like, it's safer. I'm like, yeah, no one's going to steal you. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, I, it'll probably, I'm not forcing it. I'm still too busy doing my own thing too at the same time. So I'll get there. Right on.
0: Cool, man. Thank you everybody for watching. Cody just hang on for one second. We'll see you guys on the next one.